0: Week four is in the books, and your Nittany lines improved to 4 and 0, oh, 63 to 24. Just a huge victory. Started off a little concerning, but a win is a win. Pat and I break down everything from this game, weekly awards, and start to look ahead to next week. Let's get it. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of no names all game today is sunday september 23rd and penn state is 4-0 i am your host chris as always coming to you from los angeles my co-host pat this is actually a new one for us coming to you live from is it brooklyn
1: brooklyn new york baby woo so this is our first apartment
0: this is our first ever remote podcast <laughs> got to say it's a little weird but uh we're powering through for the fans it's
1: a little strange but i you know i I can roll with it.
0: So you're on the East Coast this weekend for a wedding,
1: right? Yes. yes. How was it? It was great. And uh, so it really worked out for me that the game was on Friday this week because the wedding was on Saturday. So oh, week, nice. Huge, huge plus for me that we played on Friday.
0: Very good. Very good. Now, how, now, wedding time, are you like life of the party? Are you even get pulled out there to dance? What's your What's your go-to?
1: Yeah, you know, I did, I did a little dancing. I, I, would, I would say my intoxication level was extremely appropriate. Okay. right where I needed it to be. Um. So it was just a great time. And w- best wedding I've ever been to as well. It was awesome. Fancy, the food was great. Just amazing.
0: Very cool. Well, congrats to the happy couple. And congrats to our Nittany Lions. We're 4-0. Oh. Um, actually, week the, the wedding of... I was
1: at was, was a former Nittany Lion. She actually used to date the center of the Penn State football team.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. this is perfect.
1: Exactly. Yeah. she got so married another... to someone else. But, you know, it's okay.
0: Yeah, I mean we won't we won't knock him, <laughs> but screw that guy a little bit. <laughs> um, so another week of kind of tale of two teams started off a little concerning, and then second half team comes alive and we win sixty three to twenty four. So lots of lots of fun stuff to talk about. a Couple things that we definitely need to correct and get ready before next week. Um, but let's start as always with our weekly awards. So for the listeners, we give out uh, our weekly lion and our lamb. So lion is MVP, lamb is your Least valuable player, Pat,
1: who's your lion this week? I mean, it, this is an obvious one, um, but you got to give it to him. Miles Sanders, of course, the man, I mean, had 200 yards, three touchdowns, um, along with the, you know some huge touchdowns. The, here's a guy, he kept us in the game the, this week. Um, you know, Trace really didn't have his best game, he played fine. Um, he made plays when he needed to, but he wasn't, like, amazing. But Miles Sanders was amazing.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, he was my first choice, of course, for this award, too. 22 carries, 200 yards. That's an average of 9.1 per carry. Yeah. I mean, the guy was just moving the chains. His long was only 48. So like we've talked about, it's not, not inflated. I mean, he's something special, man. And, and this, I think, was his sort of breakout game, breakout moment where – you know, national national eyes are now starting to look at hey, that Miles Sanders
1: dude, is pretty damn good. It it just seems like every time he's touching the ball, something good's gonna happen. You know, you're getting at least five yards out of him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so it's funny, I was uh I was perusing Twitter yesterday and I saw some one of the Penn State accounts tweeted, like, Miles Sanders is a top five running back, changed my mind. And I was like, Well no, of course I wouldn't change your mind. I think you're very right. But I wanted to come up with something snarky. So I went and I looked at a uh, looked at the rushing yards leaders for all players in Division One, And I had to delete my tweet when I replied back because I realized people were still playing, so the numbers weren't completely updated. But now that it's Sunday, Miles Sanders is number six on the Division One national leaderboard for yards, coming in at 495. Um, I, I kind of – I would even put him at five because one of the guys above him is the quarterback from Navy, who I guess they just run the ball all the time. So that doesn't yeah. count Yeah. Get out of here, quarterback. I think
1: they run an option offense, Navy.
0: Yeah. And then the, the national leader right now is a dude named Daryl Henderson from Memphis. He's just putting up video game numbers. He has 709 yards on 58 attempts. So his average is 12 point, 12.2 per attempt. So I don't think that'll sustain.
1: Yeah. And, like, who the hell are they playing as well? Exactly. So after that, you look at, you know, Jonathan
0: Taylor. He's up there doing his thing. Dude from Kentucky is pretty good. Dude from San Diego State. But – I mean, Miles Sanders is doing it at seven yards per carry. I mean, that's better than all of those guys save for the Memphis dude. Um, So I I put him up there in the top three or four when you're talking about true running backs at big-time programs. He's doing it better than anyone else, or at least at that level.
1: Yeah, I agree. And you made a great point last week. I don't remember if you said it on the podcast or before, where, you know, if, if he had come after literally anyone but Saquon Barkley, he would be hailed as, like, the next greatest Penn State player ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I, I said it in the post game, like instant reaction is I, I'm done. I'm not even going to keep comparing him to Saquon. I love Saquon. He will always have a piece of my heart. He had a great day today for the Giants, but this is the Miles show, man. And he's doing it and he's getting it done. And, and that's where our focus should and needs to be. He's, he's killing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, you got to love having this kid on your team. He's just been amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, my lion this week, Um, I figured Miles would be the first choice. So I had a couple that I was going through, a couple different options. And I, I think we've given our lion to an offensive player pretty much every week. So I'm going to flip the script a little bit. Uh, I think maybe I've given it to, like, a defensive unit before. But I'm going to give it to a player. And I'm going to give it to Garrett Taylor, who is a yeah, okay. starting safety for us. He's one who – this is his first year who he's really starting. He's played rotationally uh, in the past. But he was second on the team in tackles this week with seven seven total – he had one one and a half tackles for loss. Saw him in the backfield a couple times, and he made just a couple of really nice open field tackles that. I don't know if you could say touchdown saving, but damn near close to um, when those when those Illinois running backs were getting going. He made a couple that, you know, grabbed the dude to the legs, really nice open field one on one. And it's just it's one of those that, again, maybe if it doesn't even pop off on the stat sheet, which it does this week because he's the second leading tackler. It's just one you're watching the game, you're like, wow, that dude's around the ball all the time, making big plays. And, and I think we need that in this defense is, you know, we've talked about this a lot is how we need. Somebody or a couple people to step up and be that dude, and I'm hoping this is sort of the first step to him establishing himself as, you know, a, a top end safety that we can we can count on. So, Garrett Taylor, you are my lion of the week, brother.
1: Yeah, he had a great game. Um, our our defensive backs, for the most part, did a very good job. Uh, really, there were a couple plays here and there I'll talk about later that you know I was disappointed in, but our our defensive backfield as a whole, I think, is very good. Yeah,
0: I agree, and uh, we'll talk about that plenty when we get into our Ohio State preview later this week. My mind is already there. I'm like, I'm like, fuck Illinois game. I'm over this. But right. we're going to go through the Illinois game first. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. Garrett Taylor, my line of the week. All right, moving into the Lamb. Who's your least valuable guy needs to get together this week? Um,
1: so this is a tough one because the second half was – my gut reaction was, again, to give it to the defensive line unit. But then they had a really good second half. Um, yeah. I'll talk about the first half that I really didn't like later on, but I got to give my lamb to Jake Pinnaker. Mm, Nice. nice. Well, I not was, nice that he's a lamb, but yeah. I good st- choice. Really underwhelming. Um, you know, he's fine, but he he's really struggling with the, the field goals. He's going to be fine as a, you know, an extra point kicker, but his field goal game is not looking great. And that miss was a bad miss.
0: Yeah, it was ugly. And, uh, I'm actually kind of happy you, you put him here because uh, I actually had this in my ugly section. So I have another one. I'll save it. But the kicking game in general for me, yeah, his his extra points, he was nine for nine, which is great that we have nine touchdowns. Um, And I think he's I think he's perfect on extra points throughout the season. He is. But this is his second field goal miss. So he's one for three on field goals. And it's no. not like they're 50 yarders, you know? No, they're they're all makeable. Yep. So that's scary. And, and we his knew misses have been season, bad
1: misses, too.
0: Right, and we knew coming into the season this was going to be an area of opportunity. You have two true freshmen doing kickoffs and field goals. So not only Pinneger, but I was going to put the other dude, Rafael Checa, on, on blast a little bit too. He kicked another one out of bounds. That gives them the ball at 40. I that's at least the second. Did bounds. he do two in this game? I think so. I, I had a couple of Miller lights. Um, I was going to say that's at least the second game this season that he's done that. We go into Big Ten play, the heart of Big Ten play. To Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, you can't be kicking the ball off and giving it to them at the 40. Like, yeah, that is not a recipe for success.
1: That's, I mean, it's pretty, I think in college it's the 35. But, All right, close enough. Um, yeah, I mean, you, and, and if you're playing a close game, you can't afford to have the other team start the, with the ball at the 35 yard line. Yes,
0: exactly. And a missed field goal will do that, right? I mean, we're, yeah. you said we're taking these at the 35, you know, ish. They're starting the ball there on their 40, 45.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's not. A, and the other thing is, you can he kicked a couple out of the end zones. Like he's got leg. Uh, yeah, he's just he really needs to work on his consistency because that one yeah. he kicked out of bounds was just like a looked like a total shank.
0: Yeah, I, I I think he just botched it and missed where his normal spot is, and again that sets another team up or maybe a more talented team to really capitalize on our mistakes. So, Jake Pundaguer, you are a lamb this week, sir. All right, my lamb, I was kind of the same thing. I didn't have, like, a ton, a ton of people that I really wanted to call out here because, again, you, you leave this game with a very positive sort of memory. And second half was great. We score a bunch of points. Both of my bets won. Shout out to me. I'll get to that later. Well, <laughs> um, for me, it's, it's uh, John Reed. So, we talked last week how he had missed two games, and we weren't exactly sure why. Came back this game, and this is completely, like, qualitative. I don't have a whole lot of stats for him. He just looked lost, man um I think it was I don't know if you remember I think it was after the botched Nick Scott fumble recovery where you know we, we stop him on the half yard line and Nick Scott couldn't corral that that fumble the next play they throw like a dart into the end zone and, and John Reed is standing there like five yards away from the dude it looked like he didn't even make a play one way or the other and it almost looked like maybe a miscommunication he was supposed to get the short man and somebody else was supposed to drop but he just looked like he didn't know where he was supposed to be and again a guy that's supposed to be a shut down number one corner who i i still believe he is and can be he just looks he just looks lost man
1: yeah i was i was going to talk about that play specifically when we got to like the the ugly i'll cover okay. that, though cuz i think that yeah. the, reed, John reed is a good choice for uh you know a lamb of the week because I, on that specific play you guys you saw illinois they basically ran it wasn't really a a hook but just sort of a seam route where the guys stopped and I mean, they were throwing – line of scrimmage, there was like a six-yard line, I think. Yep. And he's playing so far off his man. And so the the bigger issue to me wasn't uh, his – like the way he played on the players. Everything he did like sort of pre-snap, I guess, is you're playing in the red zone from the six-yard line. Nobody should be getting cushion anywhere. They're not going to be able right. to burn you from there. There's right. There's no reason to give a receiver – any sort of cushion in that situation, and it's just a really dumb play.
0: Yeah, and, and even if you're playing in zone at that position, press up, make them think you're man, right? Like, you got to give a little bit of effort there, and again, I'm no defensive specialist by any means. Well, even but... when you
1: play zone defense, you still kind of play a man. Uh, you, you, yeah. you play yeah, the yeah. men who are in your zone, so it's not like you're really just defending a zone. Right. Um, On
0: that play, it looked like he was like, Hey, I got this back corner of the end zone and I'm not moving unless yeah. someone comes to me.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was, it was just, it was a really, it was sort of a bonehead play by him.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking at the stat sheet now, no logged tackles all game. He had one pass deflection. That's his only logged statistic. So like, it, it kind of how we've talked about Jawan in the past couple of weeks, real quick shout out. And I'm sure we'll get to this later, but Jawan, for the first time ever is not a lamb. Congrats. Um, but kind of how we've, We've we've talked about Joan in the past. We're like, listen, we know he'll get it together. That's how I feel about John Reed. I think we will see him make a ton of plays down the stretch, but right now it's just hey, you're a lamb for this week, buddy.
1: Yeah. Um just not a good game from him.
0: Yeah, and it happens, but when we're up sixty-three to twenty four, I'm okay with it. Not so I much mean, when we're gonna be in close this games. week,
1: but you gotta make sure that, you know, in the next coming five weeks it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, and this is that's that's why this game was a little scary too, before we jump into the good, bad, ugly. Um, I don't know if I if I said this on last week's, but Franklin had a funny, uh, funny quote in last week's press conference where he said um, winning is the deodorant that covers up the funk of a game. You know, there's a lot of things that are smelly and ugly. And and if you win, you kind of forget about them. So he was talking about how he actually coaches harder after wins than losses, because, you know, you want to enjoy the win for the moment, but then you got to go and really fix those things. And that's what this game felt like is like, yeah, we blew them out. We covered right. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of funk. So, so let's get into our good, bad, ugly. We'll start with some more good, and then we'll talk about some of that funk that we need to get better. So, what's uh, what's your good this week? My good
1: for the week is um, our our run option. Uh, it seems like Trace just may, other than maybe one play made the right decision, handing it off or keeping it between him and Miles every single time. And Trace, Trace had a really good rushing game and had some really he timely rushes in that first half when it was not clear that we were going to win this football game. And yeah. every single time he kept or he handed off, it was the exact right decision. And I love seeing that because that's going to be really important going forward.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. And I'll, I'll actually, I'll piggyback onto that. The good for me was just the run game in general. Um, yes. You look at, you look at those stats. So Miles Sanders, we already talked about 200. Ricky Slade. 10 for 94 and of course he had that big 61 yarder that inflates it but he had he had two touchdowns really really good looking runs from him um he put the ball on the ground once but it was kind of that weird like direct snap kind of thing and he picked it up not super worried about that uh and then trace 15 for 92 so you got almost three guys over 100 yards you know three guys over 90 that's a really good run game um it, i'll get to the in the bad a minute about a little bit more on that but when it's working. I mean, I get it. Just, just keep feeding them. Uh, yeah, 387 yards on the ground is is a pretty good day for for the the, the big boys up front on that offensive line.
1: Yeah, and then the other good I have is Jawan Johnson finally yeah. back into the offense, man. Four receptions, 51 yards, and a great touchdown. Um, I love mm-hmm. seeing him. He got involved from the start of the game. You know, he he had one of the first receptions. Of the game might have been the first reception. And it was like you know five six yard or nothing special, but just seeing that gave me so much confidence. I'm like, all right, he's in it. He's here today. And then you know, and he, that's what happened. He showed up, and it was great to watch.
0: Yeah, I I was so excited. I think you're right. I think it was the very first play of the game because I remember looking around to people at the bar and I was like, Joanne, is he back? Is he back? It's almost like the uh like the Texas back. is Texas ever back or Tiger? Tiger is back. Oh, Side Tiger. note, he back. won today. Um, but yeah, I think Joanne is back. That touchdown man, that looked. So, so pretty, uh only his second touchdown of his career uh so now he's got the game winner at Iowa, and that leaping i mean i don't know if they if they call it posterizing in uh in football, I know that's a basketball thing, but man, I would put that on a poster um, oh. it was just it was a really nice grab, so yeah i'm I'm happy you called that out uh Juwan, really really fun game, and i hope I hope that leads into more sustained success for him
1: I think it will i think um I think he's you're gonna start seeing him really showing up especially with big games coming up, I, I think he's going to really get into it, be part yeah. of it. And I think Trace knows that, uh, you know, he he showed that he's a guy that Trace can depend on, and Trace knows that, uh, you know, when we're playing these tougher teams, he's going to be a part of the offense that we need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so let's get into some of that funk. So let's, uh, so listeners, what we do is we go good, bad, ugly. Good is self-explanatory. Bad is, is something that, you know, not great, but we can live with. And then the ugly is where we talk about the worst. So what do you have in that middle category? What do you have for your bad? All right, my
1: bad is, um, I don't know if you remember the third Illinois touchdown when they threw that, like, uh, like flea flicker, I guess. Yeah. And so my, my bad there is um, Amani Orarie. Or- R- 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 um, he, he shouldn't be getting fooled by that play because he's got to actually be reading his keys. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, when you're a defensive back, what you actually look at, you don't watch whether the ball's handed off. You look at what the linemen do and whether they're run blocking or pass blocking. Those linemen were still pass blocking on that play. And it, and it's not like it was even a play that looked like the quarterback was scrambling and about to come up. You know, it was, it was, if you break it down in, you know, obviously uh, hindsight's 2020, but it's, it's a play that, you know, he's not even approaching the line of scrimmage and Amani just saw the, the handoff and, went right in instead of sticking with his man on what was very clearly a passing play.
0: Yeah. They, they uh, played him like a fiddle on that one. And it's, it's always tough being sort of, you know, called the backseat driver, if you will. But when you're sitting at a bar or at home somewhere watching the game and you see that play develop, you're like, what the fuck are you thinking? The the dude was never running. How could you not see that? So like, I get it how in real time instincts somewhat take over, but I think you're absolutely right. It's like, he just saw the dude, like, get the ball pitched to him, and he just bit real hard. Uh, and they, they burned him for it. It was a very easy, wide-open touchdown from a running back to a receiver.
1: And it, it would have been – that's coverage that he, you know, he makes too. Um, yeah, because
0: even, even after the bite, it, I mean, it wasn't like he was super, super far off. If he hesitates, you know, two seconds more, I think he's in place to make, make a play, at least attempt.
1: Yeah, and I, like I said, it was just sloppy, kind of lazy football where he – just he didn't do his job right didn't read his yeah. keys didn't you know didn't watch the lineman pass blocking instead of run blocking and it's annoying to see that
0: yeah that's some of that funk man that, that 63 points will make you kind of forget about but the X's is nose he will
1: get ripped for that in the film room
0: oh absolutely and he's i mean he's a leader of that secondary he's you know he's had his interceptions he's had his big yeah, he, big moments that's
1: that's the other thing he's better than yeah than and
0: him. and i think he knows it too so he'll get ripped but i think i think he knows he messed up and he will, he'll take that to, to correction. All right. Uh, My bad of the week, and this is, stay with me on this because I'm going to take you on a little bit of an adventure. My bad of the week is play calling Ricky Ronnie. I got to talk about it a little bit. Uh, First season as the offensive coordinator. And you're going to be saying, Chris, how could you possibly have a problem with the play calling when we win 63 to 24? So Pat, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. We had 71 total plays from scrimmage. How many of them do you think were rushing? <sighs> Probably close to 50. 51, right? Okay. So 51 rushes. And I'm, I'm kind of like counteracting myself already. I'm going to be a little hypocrite because I just said, hey, if the run is working, of course you're going to keep running it, right? Miles Sanders had 200 yards. Trace and Ricky over 90 yards. Of course, I don't have a problem with that. But when you have Trace McSorley throw the ball only 19 times in a game, I, I'm a little concerned, man. And the other part is, okay, the receivers are inconsistent. They're dropping balls. We don't really have that hero. So let's go to the run. Sure. I I understand that too, but you can't just completely abandon one phase of the game because things aren't working. That's how you get yourself into really, really big holes and big traps because you get to a point where you're kind of one dimensional and we have the read options that you were talking about. So there's, there's always that element, which is, which is nice, but you need to be able to establish a passing game. And I think what concerns me the most is if you look at these four games, we're we're four games into the season. First game, threw the wall 35 times, right? Kind of had to. App State, we were down, going into overtime, had to. Uh, Side note, App State is 2-1, and and they are clobbering their opponents. So I don't know how that goes into rankings, but I'm happy to pull away with a win there. 35 pass attempts, first game. 30, the second game. 22 last week and 20 this week so we have consecutively gone down in our passing attempts week over week over week and I I just I worry what that means for confidence in the past game versus oh the run is working so we're going to do that like it almost tells me hey we're not super confident in this so
1: we gotta we gotta just keep feeding miles yeah I'm I'm gonna actually disagree with you on that one uh just because I don't think that is the I don't think that's why there's fewer passes. I think it's just, you know, when we're putting up 63 points, you're not going to pass the ball as often. Um, And the other thing was, I actually – so as a fan sitting at home, I was kind of thinking the same thing where I'm like, man, like I want to see us open up the offense and make trace throw. But when you looked at it sort of strategically, I think it was actually the smart decision to run the ball, not only because it was working, but in the first half that, uh, you know, especially the second quarter, that Illinois defense – offense – was kind of picking us apart, and by running the ball, we were keeping them off the field, and so I actually liked the fact we were controlling the clock, controlling the pace of play, and keeping a defense that we couldn't stop at the time from burning us by keeping them off the field, running the ball. All right, that's that's not a bad point.
0: I still I still am I still am concerned about the fact that we have consistently gone down week over week because I want to see at least some stability there. Um, because you listen, we're gonna get into these big-time defenses that are going to give us some trouble on the run, and you need to establish that rhythm. Like I, I get what you're saying, but you gotta throw some of them in there. Um,
1: just I understand so what you mean. I just just so I so don't see confidence, it as you know. Something to worry about going forward, because I think we're gonna start again when we're playing the Ohio States and the Wisconsins, and they're big score games that are close the whole time. I think you're gonna see us passing the ball a lot more, and I don't yeah. think there's especially when you hear Franklin talk about Trace McSorley, I don't think there's any lack of confidence in him.
0: No, and and maybe I said that wrong. I don't think there's a lack of confidence in him, but I think in the passing game because of some of the drops and some of the inexperience at receiver, I wonder if they're worried about that inexperience getting to him, meaning like he's throwing these balls up, kids are dropping them, kids aren't getting open, so that kind of messes with the rhythm. Um, But I think you're exactly right is in these games we are going to be passing more, and that's sort of why it worries me is because – if we're going to be needing to pass against Ohio state and Iowa or Wisconsin, I want to make sure we're prepared for that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I, I think after your point there, I can see both sides, but I just, I want to, I want to make sure that these guys know exactly what they're doing going into these big games, you know?
1: Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Cause again, like as a fan, uh, purely I yeah. the same way watching the game, I just wanted to watch trace pass the ball more.
0: Sling it, man. Sling I do. It. I
1: do understand where you're coming from. I just don't see it as an issue going forward.
0: I hope you're right. I really do. And, and again, this is why I haven't in the bad and not the ugly. I'm not, like, super concerned about it, but it's, yeah. it's something to note. And I will say, one that I actually am a little pissed off is uh, we'll call it the Happy Valley Special because I'm not going to call it the Philly Special. Ugh. Toss back to Miles. Miles throws it open, wide open trace in the end zone. I was so excited. That yeah. was a super cool play. Sucks that it got called back for uh, for a penalty, but – if you've got something in that you're in like your bag of tricks that you've been working on, why are you going to unveil that in the Illinois game? Like why not save that for a big moment? You know? That is a good point. Um, I just like you, you hear all the time about uh, coaches not showing their full playbook in the first few weeks of the season because they don't want to see their conference rivals seeing everything that they've got. And, I don't know. Maybe that's just me overreacting because I really liked the play, but that just seems like one that maybe you'd want to hold on to for a moment where you kind of need it.
1: Yeah. I. It's hard to disagree with you there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Ricky Ronnie, you're in my badge for now. I, I love, I mean, again, we're averaging 55 points a game. I have no problem with what this offense has been doing. Uh, it's so much fun to see them just putting up points after points after points. Um, I just hope we see a little bit more of a balanced attack, but Got to, uh, got to keep, keep. what is it, feed in, feed in the, I don't know. Some, there's some saying about that. <laughs> but uh, we'll move on because I don't know what the saying is. Let's Back. get into the ugly.
1: There, there's definitely some ugly. So uh, start us off. What do you got? Yeah. So, I mean, all the ugly really took place in the first half, thankfully. Yep. Um, other than the opening drive of the second half, our second half was nearly flawless. Um, but in ugly in the first half is, again, our defensive line. Uh, just like really underperforming. And it, it's something I've talked to you about before. They're, they're fine at creating pressure, but they tend to get into this thing where they like kind of head down bull rush and it's really easy to run around that. It's easy to find holes in that. And that's why you saw in the first half their running game, just pick us apart, like absolutely ran all over us. And I, what I did like though, is that you saw an adjustment in the second half where our defensive linemen were suddenly making plays at the line of scrimmage where they're not making them in the backfield, which which is great. Making plays in the backfield is phenomenal, but you saw a smarter plan them, where they're, they're meeting the line, uh, the run back at the line of scrimmage and they're clogging up holes. That's what they weren't doing in the first half is closing any holes. They were creating holes.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, so to, to put some numbers there, Illinois had 245 rushing yards against us, yeah. and I'm I'm going to jump into this one with you. My ugly was the run defense as a whole. Um, I agree with you, defensive line. So we, we only had one sack this week. Uh, so Coach Spencer, we will be sending five dollars your way to Sack Hunger. Hopefully, we'll have some more in the next couple of weeks so we can absolutely uh, continue to build up, build up that charity. Um, but yeah, only one sack, and it was it's funny they they actually attribute it to half to Rob Windsor, half to Ellis Brooks. Rob Windsor, took that dude down. Brooks came in for the hit at the end, which is nice. But, um, yeah, one sack is not great. Uh, the, the run defense for me, what's super concerning is our two leading tacklers on this game were Garrett Taylor, who I talked about, and a mm-hmm. guy who actually had one more than him, Jonathan Sutherland. You know, what position he plays? Safety. Also safety. Yeah. If your leading tacklers are both safeties, not I good. don't love that. Like, and I, and I know that there's, I mean, we've had plenty of times in the past where Marcus Allen has been our leading safety, but they've used him in different ways. He would play down in the linebacker area yeah, down on the line. line. Yeah. So like in a game like this, where you're, you know, you're two deep safeties who are not particularly known as like, you know, big hitters. I mean, they're both young. So you don't really know. They're your leading tacklers. That means the guys are getting to the second and third level pretty consistently.
1: Yeah, they weren't making the majority of those tackles at the off- in, at this line of scrimmage at the, you know, one or two yards up. They, those yeah. were tackles being made, you know, eight to 12 yards deep. Yep, exactly.
0: Um, looking at the tackle sheet, just a quick shout-out. Trace had another one, I think, after an interception. So. Biggest biggest hitting quarterback in the league. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, the run defense is, is scary. And, and you're right. I mean, after that, I think they scored once in the second half, and then we went, like, 42 unanswered. So the corrections are great, and, and this is – the scary part that we've talked about from a couple of years ago where we were consistently a second-half team is sure. you, you can't get into that kind of hole against a good team because they're just they're not going to shut down like that. Yeah, I mean,
1: and I you do have to give some props to their running backs because uh, they, they were great this game. Yeah. I, I got to give a little shout-out to my dad. I was watching the game with him, and they handed it off to their running back. My dad goes, wow, hand off to Epstein. That's something you never expect to hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Papa Calicchio coming in. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, those guys were good. Epstein had 73 yards. Corbin had 87. Uh, and then they had a couple other guys who all had like 20, 30. So, yeah, they were just – it seemed like every time they were handing the ball off, the dude was in the middle of like the linebacking. Yeah, they were, 40 they were second level like right away. Yeah. I will say uh, the, the one part you talked about before with, uh, you know, our, our D-line kind of plugging some of those holes, it was really good to see some of those like big boys kind of get in there at the end of it. There were some plays that – um, who was it? It was Rob Windsor and then I think Kevin Givens. Mm-hmm. They were just bodying dudes. Um like really in the just... second half they were. Yeah, um, that's what they, I mean. They did that's a really I mean. great
1: job playing smart in the second half, again, plugging up holes. But they they gotta do that more consistently. I think yes. part of that is that it's a, a young group and they get a little over-aggressive.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that, that's what I want to see is like they're big dudes. Like Givens and Windsor are both big defensive tackles that if you just eat up some space and let the play kind of come to you where you can break off and make that tackle. I think they're going to be okay. Um, one thing, one thing I, I do need to point out, uh, I don't know if you saw this yesterday um, on twitter.com. Have you heard about that one? I have. Uh, the Manny pressure. Bowen. that right? Yes, exactly. Um, very good at it too. <laughs> uh, Manny Bowen, who we vowed not to speak about again because he's not relevant to the team. Mm-hmm. he tweeted yesterday yesterday at 8 12 in the morning so this is like you know the morning after the game kind of cryptic he doesn't tweet often his his last tweet before this was august 31st so his tweet coming out of like twitter retirement says gotta fill those gaps dot dot dot
1: i mean i think that's just him watching the game
0: yeah but like that's the only that tweet bad. like no, no 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 i don't think he's coming back I, it almost seemed like he was kind of like throwing some shade like I don't know, I don't man. Think I, so I
1: think those are his boys.
0: I hope so. Like, and I know that they are, but I, I don't know. It, it was just a lot of people were like, uh, a lot of people were making a big deal out of it. I mean, I think this is his account. Imagine it's like a fake account and I got I got tricked into this. I, I
1: think that's, I think people are blowing that up about nothing. I think, first of all, those are his, you know, those are his guys right there. And they yeah. love him. Um, true, as true. Far as I know, because there was a lot of support for him when he tweeted about coming back. They were yeah. all really excited. I think they right. like him, and that's just him watching the game. And that's – I mean, i really – you know, he's right. You do.
0: Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's, he's 100% right. All right, this is my clickbaity moment of the episode. Whatever, I'm over it. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But, yeah, the run defense is, is the ugly. Um, you, you just can't give up that many rushing yards and expect to win. And you know what's funny is in our preview, I said – what did I say? If we hold him under 200, I'll be happy because I didn't think that the, those yards would necessarily turn into points. Oh well, yeah. shit, man, 245. And, didn't do it. And, did not do it so that's a little, a little scary, but yeah um... I mean
1: in general, we're a defense that gives up a lot of yards but not a lot of points, usually right right but to see us doing both in the first half was worrisome because yeah, and... you, you get to a point where like, all right we're, you know we've played Illinois and Kent State and Pittsburgh. it's okay to bend and not break, but once we get to the Ohio states and the Wisconsins and the Michigans, are they going to take advantage of you know this 245 yards rushing? Probably yep, it's
0: oh yeah, big time. Big time. So, I will give out a couple, couple of uh, positives in the defense that I missed earlier. Two interceptions. Um, really good days. So our guy Jan Johnson had that kind of funky one that popped off off the ground. Um, it was really funny to see him. Like he I was love so kid. excited. He was so I was excited. So
1: wrong about him. Oh my god, I love this guy.
0: You and me both. He's he's playing well, and I think I think I think linebacker in general is still something where we don't know like who the best three are or what that what that core should look like, but. I mean Jan Johnson, let's see, he had uh six six tackles and an interception. So he's the third leading tackler on the team with an interception. I'm okay with that. Not bad. And then right behind him is Ellis Brooks, who had six tackles, uh half a sack, and the interception. His was actually really nice. Uh he just he read it perfectly, yes. cut the dude off, and I think he, he almost took it to the house. He got caught, right? Yeah, I think yeah. he got caught. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was a really nice play. So it was it was cool to see the defense making some of those plays. Um, you know, we had the fumble that that Cam Brown just knocked out that dude's hands right at the goal line. Great. Well, obviously he didn't obviously he didn't recover Ball. it, but the the hit from Cam Brown was incredible. That
1: was a phenomenal um, play by
0: him. Nick Scott's just got to pick that up and, or fall on it rather. Um, well, I, he that's tried. That's to... the
1: other thing. I wish he would have just fallen on it because he would have fallen on it in the end zone. So yeah, it's not, like, you know, like that return would, was a bad idea to even try to return that because the chances he's making at 20 yards aren't great.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one where just like adrenaline takes over and he's like, I'm going to be the hero. Yeah. You know, right. like it, it, I mean, it is what it is, but you gotta fall on that one. Um, agreed. Like I said, Ricky Slade put the ball on the ground at once, but, uh, didn't lose it. John Holland, that first drive, man, we were oh, cruising. Yeah. It was it was Jawan. It was John Holland, and then John Holland again, and kind of same thing. The dude just put put his helmet on the ball. I mean, I don't. I personally don't know how you prevent that. But um... well, it's
1: one of those things where it's like it's both a good play by the defense and inexcusable for John Holland. A fumble, yeah. is ne- You never have an excuse for a fumble because you can always prevent it. But it wasn't like he was sloppy with the ball either. The the guy made a good play. He did, but you still shouldn't be fumbling the ball.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, but a good game all all around. All things considered, uh, Penn State easily covers the twenty six point spread. Mm-hmm. Even if you got it at twenty eight, I mean, that's just that's just a really good game. Couple of a uh, couple of let's see milestones and, and uh, records out here. So the Nittany by the way, I have... do have
1: one more ugly for us. Oh yeah, let's uh, go. My bad. I cut you off completely. seventy two yards, it's really unacceptable. Um, we were re- I mean, that entire first half we just kind of shot ourselves in the foot.
0: Yeah, and that's been kind of consistent, right? I think I think every game we've had at least I think seven might be our best game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just we you haven't seen a clean game out of us yet from beginning to end. You've right. seen clean second halves. I haven't watched us play in a just a clean game of football the entire game.
0: Yeah, I, I I have no problem with that statement, and that's that's the scary part. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll talk about
1: it later in our preview, but.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, big this week. Right. This episode will probably be a little bit short. We're at the 36 minute mark or so. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot to go through, but but we'll have a full Ohio State preview for you guys coming later this week, where there is a ton to talk about. Um, but let's wrap this one up a little bit here. We've got a couple of fun facts. So, Nittany Lions have scored 222 points in the first four games of the season, which is the most to start a season in program history. Whew! And it's actually the the most in a four-game stretch in any time in the season. That's pretty cool. Very
1: nice. Very nice. Yeah, I mean, the offense uh, is rolling, especially in the second half.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Trace McSorley extends his streak for consecutive touchdown passes to 32, longest active in the FBS. Um, They put a graphic on the screen. I forget who who was the leader, um, but they were showing it just like Power 5. So you remember a couple weeks ago I said he has no chance of catching – uh, the guy who has the all-time record because I think he has like forty-seven or something. But no, I think if we were,
1: I think it's like forty. Oh, they were, were they just showing Power Five in that graphic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yep.
0: So I think I think he has a he has a chance to get damn near close.
1: Baker Mayfield with forty-one might be. So I mean, hey, theoretically, if we went to a playoff, get a couple extra games in there. I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, I mean Charlie <laughs> has more consecutive games with a passing touchdown than he has career starts. So that's pretty impressive. That's awesome. Um, he passed 8,000
0: uh, yards uh, for his career. So he's the second player, uh, second Penn State player to do that. Do you know who the first is? Um, fairly recent. Oh, fairly recent. Very recent. Matt McGloyne. Eh, and more recent. Hackenberg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, Hackenberg, I mean, he was there. He, they just threw all the time because they had to. So. That's true. Um. McSorley career high, 92 rushing yards. Uh, his previous high was 81 against Maryland in 2016.
1: Yeah, I mean, he made some great decisions with the
0: ball. He really did. Um, and, and when he takes off and he gets going, it's, it's, it's exciting to watch. So um, we'll talk a little bit more in our – maybe in our preview too. Like, at this point, I'm, I'm – like, Chase is not in the Heisman conversation at all. And, and his stats – I mean, th- this is my problem with the Heisman, and I could give you a 20-minute speech on this – It's about video game numbers, not necessarily who's the best player, right? We saw that with Saquon last year. Um, Whether you think Baker should have won it or not, Saquon was at least a finalist, and it was just absurd that he wasn't there. Trace is having a a really, really good year. He's doing what he needs to do to manage his offense, to win games, to put up big points for the offense. I think the only way he gets into that conversation is if he has big games during our big games, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, Um, puts up three of them passing yards. Against Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin.
0: Right, exactly. So it's it's cool to see him breaking records, but man, I want to see him sling it a little bit. I um, I don't have plenty of opportunities, so um, I think that's all the milestones I've got. With that, let's get into some of our Big Ten awards. Do you have any uh, Big Ten awards prepared for us this week?
1: I do. Um, I've got all right.
0: So we do. Uh, we got a Big Ten Baller and a Big Ten Bozo of the Week. Uh, we try to keep it within the Big Ten, right? We're a Big Ten school, Big Ten team. Um, so give out your big 10 baller for who in the big 10 had just a really great performance. What do you got? All right, I'm giving it to a man named
1: Anthony Viola. Okay. Um, this guy is a hundred years old. Um, was in played in the, the second year ever of the Ohio state band. And this week got to dot the I in the Ohio at their game. Oh, that's so cool. And, and he served in world war two in the European theater. Uh, I'm I'm sure Anthony doesn't listen to podcasts, but let he me might. tell you, if you are if you're out there listening, Anthony, you are my Big Ten Baller of the week.
0: That's awesome. When you started that off with this guy's a hundred years old, I thought you meant like a fifth-year senior, and you were making a joke. No, he's actually a hundred <laughs> years old. Literally a hundred years old. That's awesome. And and I hate Ohio State as much as the next guy. It's Ohio State hate week. You'll get there, but the, I mean that's, that's great, story. Ohio. That script Ohio is really cool and that's a great story. A veteran, a dude who's a hundred just out there living his best life. That's that's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, and, and from the original like Ohio State band, like the original incarnation of it. That's pretty cool. That's amazing.
0: That's really, really cool. Um well damn, this is supposed to be a Penn State podcast, but I'm about to give mine to an Ohio State guy too. Fuck.
1: Damn.
0: Um all right, well he he's gonna get an honorable mention and I'll give my actual award to someone else. It's it's Dwayne Haskins for me, the quarterback for for Ohio State. I, I hate like giving credit, but this dude is just—he's balling out. He had yeah, I'm worried about twenty, it. twenty-one of twenty-four for three hundred and four yards and five touchdowns. That's pretty impressive, right? Yes, that was in the first half. Oh god, all of that was in the first half. I guess three hundred four yards, it. five touchdowns. I'm worried. I mean, I don't want to spoil too much of the preview, but he is clearly the best passing quarterback that they've had in the last you know however many years from Braxton and JT and Cardale. Like this dude's this dude's arm opens up their offense so much more, and and you talked about our secondary playing better, they're gonna need to. Um, so let let the record show that Dwayne Haskins is my honorable mention. He did not actually win the award because can't have two Ohio State guys winning it. Fair enough. Um, so my Big Ten Baller of the Week is going to go out to Purdue. Uh, started the season zero and three, and they take down number twenty three. Boston College and do it handedly. Uh thirty to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um their quarterback who I, I gave a shout out as the bowler last week, David Blau, he had another good game, uh three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Ron Delamore, the the receiver who everybody fell in love with. Uh, you remember that first I think it was like the first game of the season. It was a Thursday night. Uh he's like number four, I think, and he was just like running circles on everybody. Yeah, I almost um,
1: gave him my big ten ball of the week.
0: Yeah, he had a good game. Eight receptions, 110 yards, two touchdowns. So Good for Purdue, getting, a really uh, getting some recognition.
1: Too, where he it was. bounced off this one hit, and I, I he's a special player.
0: Yeah, he is. So good for Purdue, getting their first win and, and taking down a ranked opponent. So my Big Ten ball of the week, Purdue. Um, cool. Uh, Big Ten bozo. So this is uh, I mean pretty self-explanatory. Who, who's a bozo for you in the Big Ten this right, week? Well, I'm
1: throwing a little shade here because I'm sitting here in my sister's apartment, who is a graduate of... Rutgers University. And I'm giving my Ooh. Big Ten Bozo of the Week to Rutgers University. <laughs> losing 42-13 to 13 to Buffalo. Now, Ugh. Buffalo's 4-0. I will give them that. However, but it's Buffalo. their wins are against Delaware State, Temple, and Eastern Michigan.
0: Ugh that's ugly man that's that's bozo worthy and this is the problem with Rutgers anytime they try to Rutgers
1: should scrap the program
0: and I gotta (laughs) I gotta
1: tell you I don't totally disagree
0: (laughs) I mean that money can be can be used elsewhere like there's a lot of good good nonprofits you can give back yeah that's tough man and and when Rutgers tries to like talk smack or anything you just you point to games like this and it's like dude come on
1: they're they're a real joke of a program and it it, (laughs) um I feel bad saying it, not only because my sister went there, but my uncle actually used to be the president of Rutgers University, and he's a great guy. Really? Uh,
0: <laughs> Shout out it, to your uncle. It's just
1: a total joke of a program.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they have a lot of good things going for them. Football is not one of them. They've got, a, great, they've got them. a
1: good wrestling team. That's about oh, all there you that's go. going in terms of sports at that school. Um, I mean, who cares about soccer and lacrosse? <laughs> uh, all right. A, I mean, they're not nearly as good as our wrestling program, but they've got a good wrestling program.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, Rutgers. This week you are a bozo. Uh, for me, it's gonna go to I don't know their names exactly, so I'll just say Iowa as a program. Uh, and this is this is a bit of a stretch, but it just pissed me off because I really wanted to see Wisconsin lose because I'm sick of seeing Wisconsin win the West without really having to try. They lost to BYU. If they lost this week, that's kind of their season. It was a back and forth game. It was I mean it was it was defensive battle. I think they scored one touchdown each in the first half. So kind, of, it was, like, very boring. It was, you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, but Iowa has a shot, and it's at home. Iowa's at home at night. Kinnick Stadium is – I mean, that place is electric. They've got their version of their stripe-out going with the, the yellow and black. They do that great tradition that everybody loves where they wave to the children's hospital. I think that's one of the coolest things in college sports right now. Agreed. And they, and they have a chance to win it. So they're down 21-17. Uh, I think there's only like a minute left uh, and they're not, I wouldn't say driving, but they have an opportunity. And Nate Stanley quarterback. Uh, I won't even put this completely on him cause it's not his fault, but he makes an ill-advised pass. It gets deflected. Wisconsin uh, intercepts it game over. And then they actually score to make the score look much worse than it should be. So they win 28, mm-hmm. 17. Um, so iowa I mean, you had a chance and you just let it slip through. This is, this is kind of how Penn state beat them last, last season. It's like, you have a chance, and on the last minute, you just kind of fall apart. So, Iowa, you are my bozo of the week. Yeah, and
1: you made a good point about, like, kind of just watching Wisconsin walk through the Big Ten West. And the Big Ten West is such a joke. Um, it is. So you've got Wisconsin, obviously, who's going to win now. Um, the only contender they had at all was Iowa because you've got a 1-2 and two Northwestern team who looks horrible. You've got yep. Minnesota, who's 3-1, and one, um, I don't think they're going to hold up real well in Big Ten play. And then you've got Illinois, who's obviously terrible. Uh, Purdue, who until this win this week looked like one of the worst teams in the country. And then Nebraska, who also looks like one of the worst teams in the country.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I will say, and you know what I've noticed too, because I've listened back to our podcasts when we do them. Uh, I say the words, I will say a lot. So I'm going I'm to work <laughs> on that. But I will say for now, um, Wisconsin does have a decent schedule. Like they have Michigan and then they have us late in the season. So, I mean, I'm, I'm chalking that up to a win for us. I think it's gonna be a very good game, but I, I have full confidence. Um, so there's, there's a chance. Cause right now Wisconsin and Iowa are both three and one. We play both of them, I believe. Um, I think Iowa might play Michigan as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but either different. way, like,
0: um, yeah. So, so there's, I mean, there's a shot that it comes down to maybe Iowa sneaks one more win than Wisconsin does. But but all in all, I'm just I'm sick of Wisconsin. Yeah,
1: I, like I said, the, their conference—I mean, their division—is just such a joke. It's, it is. I, th- I think the Big Ten really needs to. You've got two. They decided to split the Big Ten up into two divisions, and in one of those divisions, you've got Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, and then in the other, you just have Wisconsin and yep. sometimes Iowa, depending on the year. Yep.
0: And Nebraska, if we're—it's like ten years ago.
1: And Nebraska's been horrible recently,
0: really bad. So yeah, I think they. I don't know if they need to restructure. I just. I don't like. I don't think the Big Ten really works with two divisions, just because it's going to be the same shit every year. I almost want to see like for the Big Ten for as many good teams as there are. Just give me. It's
1: too big to not have divisions.
0: Yeah, but can't you, can't you do something like a, just the two best teams in the Big Ten play for the Big Ten championship? So you can get a Penn State, Ohio State, or a Penn State, Michigan, or a Penn State and someone else because I'm not going to name another team.
1: Yeah, I mean it's always going to be Penn State. That's obvious. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but it's just like I don't know.
0: It, it's one of those where if you're gonna if you're gonna have it this way, you kind of have to restructure. But the way college I, football I, I, goes, I, you I, never I, know I, who's going to be you good. You
1: can't tell me that Wisconsin's the second best team in the Big Ten this season.
0: No, absolutely not, and they haven't <clears throat> been in previous years. You know, there've been plenty of years where it should be two teams from the East and it's just doesn't work that way. And then that, that, the, if it was just the big 10 championship and that was all, I, I don't give a fuck, but it plays so strongly now into, into the college football playoff. It's just like, yeah, you know, we've seen it where if you don't win your college, if you don't win your conference championship, or if you do, depending on how the committee's feeling, you know, that's somewhat of a factor when you've got four teams that all open the season in the top, what, 15, 20, um. They shouldn't all be in the same same uh, division of a
1: conference. Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: But that's it. So short episode, like I said, we're coming up on 50 minutes. I always say short, and then we just ramble. Um, 50 minutes, that's a quick episode right there. Yeah, that's true. Not bad, though. Good week. We are 4-0. Uh, we will have a full, full, full Ohio State preview later this week. Uh, one part of this game that I'm, I'm very surprised you didn't mention, and we're going to give a shout-out on the way out. Best quarterback in the country – Sean Clifford, right, baby, one for one, forty-four Man yards. He hasn't I mean, thrown that's...
1: an incomplete pass yet.
0: <laughs> it was an absolute dime to Matt Kiffenhammer. Sure, I was, I was, a... I'm very surprised. Tommy Stevens did not get in the game. Very surprised. So am
1: I. I, I he, it must be like one of those things where his injury is kind of lingering, and he can go if we need him to, but if we don't need him to, we're not. You know, we we want to kind of, um be conservative with him. and it might also be a thing with uh, like you said kind of not revealing the whole playbook during Illinois. True. Maybe we don't want to reveal, you know, everything we're doing with Thomas Stevens this season before it gets to the te- the games that really matter.
0: Yeah, and if that's the case I'm totally fine with it. And and same with the injury like why put him in there if you don't need to? I just figured once they were pulling Trace out like you'd want to get him a couple of reps so he's in, you know, game speed and ready to go, but I agree it, with you. It's hard. It's hard to do when you have the best quarterback in the nation and Sean Clifford. So uh, that's, that's it for this week ever, ever of all time. That's it for this week. Uh, no names, all gave. Check us out as always. Instagram, Twitter. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor. I probably don't need to say that because if you're listening to yeah, this, you know where to listen. I
1: don't think we need to sell them on the podcast while we're listening.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Follow us on social media. Check us out. Tell your friends. Another great week for the good guys. We are.